As you probably know, many businesses are struggling right now. As a listener of this show, it would be awesome if you would support this company. This episode is brought to you by Nostalgic Comic Shop. Nostalgic Comic Shop is a locally owned comic shop celebrating 10 years in the San Gabriel Valley and is starting curbside pickup to support your comic needs during these strange times. Check out the website for updates and to purchase digital gift cards and follow them at Nostalgic Comic Shop on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Peruse the latest merchandise and new releases online at NostalgicComicShop.com and call or text 626-289-2495 when you're ready to place a pickup order. Looking for a specific vintage comic, graphic novel, or collectible? Call or text Nostalgic Comics at 626 289 2495. Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Comadres y Comics, the quarantine edition. Today we have two out of the three of uh, the three comadres here recording today. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jen, Jen, numero dos, numero dos. Hello, Kristen. How are you today? <laughs> <laughs> tell us who's I'm good. Thank you. Tell us who we're interviewing today. Well, today we are super excited to have members of Concrete Comics with us. Concrete Comics is an independent publishing company launched in 2018. The company is a branch of Concrete Music Group, and it's a collective of artists, creators, and writers. Their passion as creators is to bring their wildest dreams to life through their deep-rooted stories and eye-catching visuals. And let me tell you, they are super eye-catching. Their mission is to create stories through a diverse lens that appeals to all audiences of all ages, breaking boundaries and stereotypes, daring to be different. So, welcome everybody to Commodity Comics. Hey, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so we have today Lonzo Starr, who is CEO and creator of Acolyte. And you you guys who are uh, constant listeners might remember that we did a review of that book we loved. Um, Onaji, well, I didn't get the last name. What was the last name? Rouse? Yes, you said it right. Oh, yay! Okay, (laughs) creator of Odina. Uh, And then Jamil. Is it Lassay? Lassie. Lassie. I was going to go with that, but I was like, no, I'm going to try to be fancy. (laughs) 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 So he's the art director and creator of Absolver. And of course, Daniel Calvo as editor-in-chief and creator of Andy Starboy. Um, So administrator Destiny MJ was not able to make it to the interview today, but we did want to give her a shout out and acknowledge all the awesome work that she does at Concrete. So again, welcome everybody, and we can't wait to hear all about all of your amazing projects and everything you got going in the works. All right, all right, ready. All right, guys, I'm so excited to have you guys here. Uh, As you know, I'm Sarah from Comadesi Comics, and um, my first question is for Lonzo, Mr. Star. Can you please tell us how you started your journey into the comic book? world and how concrete comics was created from a musical group and how long of a time from its inception to its actual reality that it is now um well the way it's connected to concrete music group is um i'm usually uh hired to do a lot of theme songs for various uh companies and businesses and i i produce for a multitude of companies and one day i was offered um to do a theme song for a title called Dark Eagle. And it was my first time actually seeing an independent, a, a black owned independent comic book. So it kind of brought back all the, all the joy I had as a kid being in the comic books. But the one thing that really moved me is that I never remember seeing um, black, black comic characters. So it kind of blew my mind and um, it kind of drove me insane to figure out how this was happening because I never knew about the independent um, comic book scene and I just started researching researching and um, I started uh, you know just brainstorming and seeing how I could break into the market and uh, that's where I came up with the character Acolyte and um, I started off I I actually started off small I didn't think uh, I didn't think 
we were going to um, get to this level of comic creating. I literally was just jumping in it to see, you know, if I could do it. Um, I've never written a comic book before. I never did anything like that in my life. I've always been a comic book fan, but I never tried to um, write one. So everything was new, new to me. I would say um, when I when the when the uh, the Dark Eagle book came on my desk, it was December 2017, and then 2018 I met Mr. Jamil, and he met me right when I was in the beginning stages of Acolyte, like right when I was really trying to uh, turn over the key to turn it into a book. And he was actually doing the same thing. He was in the beginning stages of Absolver. And um, we became real close, came tight. We decided to link link up together. And um, he's been, you know, with me the whole time, pushing concrete and really trying to mold it into what it is. So I would say um, 2018 is when we really started looking at it as a business and how to do it. And then 2019 was when we decided to put it out to the world. That's an amazing story. I really love it. I love how you were a fan of comics before you even went into writing them or even producing them. So that's really awesome. Uh, Another thing that I totally forgot to mention is that we are all thirsty. What are we drinking, Uh guys? I'm drinking some red wine, Roscato. Ooh. Ooh. Trying to be fancy. <laughs> With that new last name you got. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to mom and dad about it, but you know. So. Right, right. Let's say. <laughs> well, me, I'm drinking a little Villa. I'm drinking a little Villa Marchese. You know, a little wine, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Well, I'm having a Pacific Plate Brewing Company Guava IPA. Uh, wow. Yeah, just uh, I thought it was a little tropical. It's hot here. It's gonna. I, I hope it quenches my thirst. <laughs> I'm drinking a Jim Bean whiskey. It's a cocktail. I mean, Jim Bean whiskey with a little bit of <laughs> seltzer water, a little bit of Sprite, and a lime. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Najee, Mr. Rouse. Somebody, somebody take his keys, please. <laughs> take his keys. Look, I ain't going nowhere. I'm on quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> please take that man's keys. All right. <laughs> well, I'm having death of Stalingrad. This is basically coffee, but instead of brewing it with water, you brew it with vodka. And it is um, amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know, Daniel. Gosh. I don't know. Daniel's eyes like just popping out of his head. No, no. I don't know. I don't know if that was a good move, brother. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, I'm wow. from I grew up in Rum. I've never know. heard of that before. Me neither. I just heard about it three hours ago and I was like <laughs> I was I was gonna have a beer, but then I said, you know what? <laughs> Let's try it. I really want to try it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need that recipe later. I'm sending. <laughs> well, I am drinking a wheat beer. Uh, I literally live across the street from a um, small brewery, uh, craft brewery, and so I walked over there because the only thing I had in my refrigerator was a Michelob Ultra that my mom left in the refrigerator at Christmas. So <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. Damn. So I went and I got um, a wheat beer. So that's what I'm drinking. And yes, it's hot here. So it's going to be very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> All right now. Salute, guys. Salute. Oh, Salute. and you have a cute little, I don't even have a nice little glass. Mine's in the big can. Arriba y para adentro. There we go. The first one down. Uh-oh. Yummy. Okay, so we are appropriately lubricated and <laughs> we're gonna get started. <laughs> <laughs> so, we love origin stories here at Comadresi Comics and we'd love for all of you individually to tell us about your own individual comics that you have at Concrete and how you each came to be a part of this collective. 
So um, Jermiel is here on my big screen. So let's start with him. Okay. <laughs> First of all, um, I play a part in everybody's story and creating their origins and their characters. Oh my God. <laughs> He's lying. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you heard Londo told you briefly how I became a part of Concrete Comics. Really and truly, you know, I thought his character looked cool. So I reached out, you know, and, um, you know, one thing led to the next. And the, and the beautiful thing about the relationship is, you know, we both wanted the same thing. So on this journey, you know, it was always iron sharpening iron every step of the way, you know. Um, every debate or disagreement was about the betterment of getting to the next level. So, um, and we became friends real quick, you know, I read, <laughs> I love Concrete Comics, you know, prior to Concrete Comics, you know, I was a part of another, um, another company and, and, you know, they didn't have room for me, put it that way. So I decided to just do what I have to do for myself and then everything worked out as like that um absolver absolver is the wraith of vengeance and he's a spirit known as a mezzo mm -hmm. so you heavens ha heaven has its angels and hell has its demons so the oblivion has mezzos now what separates the mezzos from angels and demons is that every mezzo has a purpose and it, which is usually based on how they lived prior to. Um, and the reason why, and personally why Absolver is the rate of vengeance is because I created him years ago, but I could just never put his story together. And then um, I was sitting down watching this George Zimmerman trial. And then when he got off, you know, I had this, this vengeful uh, feeling inside of me. And so I just tie that in with Absolver and and that's basically how he was created. That's that's the origin of how Absolver was created from my point. I have a awesome. I have a comment about Absolver. I absolutely love it. I love the pace of the narration that ties the story in so well. So I really I just became a fan of Absolver like as soon as I read it. It's just uh, so great. You guys are doing really great work. And I can't okay. wait to read issue two. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I mean Listen, I, I'm I'm just a creative. I, I put everything together. If it wasn't for our editors, you know, I use my friend um Kimley, but definitely Daniel. If it wasn't for our editors, trust me, but you know, I, I gotta give him some credit. You know, he put his little two cents in it, but you know, I give I really you know what? I'm really appreciative of the whole team because I wouldn't be here without any of them, you know? So Facts. You be see, see I tried. I try. You know, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it's really, it's really the same, you know, when people love my, when people love my book, it's it's they don't understand the the hours of conversations I went through with Lonzo every morning and the back and forth the editing the editors and talking to Anaji. It's it's so it's it's really a credit to them, you know, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little scary. <laughs> Sorry about that guy. It's okay. Uh, so um, I guess if Onaji wants to tell tell us about your book. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the origin of my character came from when um, oh, I've been working on a character since 2015, but 2016 was when I actually sat down and started to like really figure it out. And, you know, when the plethora of Marvel movies were coming out and all this stuff, you know, and, you know, one thing I've noticed is, you know, I come from a very matriarchal family where, you know, I have eight nieces, you know, and all of them, are, you know, I kind of pr practically help raise. So, you know, seeing like, you know, none of their representation in media and film, you know, I was kind of like, you know, especially like my toddler niece who's like five year or six years old, you know, why does she want to see herself in the Marvel and Avengers movies? Like, why can't she do that? And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do it. I mean, why not? You know, build your own damn table, like Tyler Perry said. So, <laughs> so I pretty much created the character, and I started from, like, <laughs> from like the hairstyle to, like, the design of the character. Pretty much, like, I pretty much took this on, like, by the wheel. Like, I even drew, like, the first 
book like independently before I linked up with Concrete. And then like, it just took a life of its own from there. So I just wanted that, that representation for the people who are not represented, like, you know, women of color from that, so. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was like really excited about reading your book. I was like, wow, the main character is super strong and has like a strong, uh, a yeah. strong personality and she's a female of color and I was just blown away. So amazing well, thank stuff. You. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that even in film and TV. So I was like, well, why isn't it? You know, st stop asking why and just do, <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Lonzo, would you, Mr. Lonzo, yo, yo, Star, yo. would you tell us about your comic book and your characters and how they became came came to be? So my character is Acolyte, the legend. Um, oh, chill out, chill out, chill out, <laughs> Naji. Okay. <laughs> um, so a brief little origin about like my mindset that that uh, played a part into creating Acolyte. Um, I've always been a huge sci-fi fan you know i'm big on the aliens and star wars star trek and everything like that and the the similarity that all those movies have is that the human race is always looked at as less than when it comes to the cosmic grand scheme we're always looked at as the most unintelligent the weakest um you know we're just like babies to everybody else and they come and they they teach us things and destroy us and you know I always felt like the humans humans needed to be respected more. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe we can be the top of the food chain in the cosmos. So that played into a major part of me creating acolyte. I wanted I wanted to um sorry I'm sorry about that I'm getting calls like crazy, but I wanted somebody to um <laughs> I wanted I wanted to write the story for people that feel like their purpose is greater than what it seems to be and that they're not they're not just an average you know human that's just gonna live and die working doing a normal normal thing like maybe we can be uh cruising the cosmos and discovering planets and that's another thing i didn't see a lot of uh people of color in space and that was that always hit me when i was uh younger so that was that went into me creating acolyte and his story is basically about Basically breaking down what I just said, um, he, he just wants to uh, be able to protect the people that he's loved and to have a bigger uh, part in this, this thing that we call life. So um, in his first issue, he goes on a journey and discovers that he is connected to a higher power and one of the highest powers in the universe. And that's where it starts you off and that's where I'm leading, my, I'm leading the fans at and then we're going to build from there. Well, let me tell you, man, when we read it and reviewed it on Comadresi Comics, we mm -hmm. absolutely love the part where, like, the seed it took hundreds and hundreds of years to, like, thousands, right. <laughs> thousands of years. Right. And that was just, like, really great writing. I mean, I, that was a real, like, whoa, like, whoa moment. I, w I was really taken aback. I was like, whoa, that's freaking awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Naeem. Well, I reread it for the second time. Right. <laughs> no, no, I was saying I reread it for the second time and I had forgotten how, uh, how much I, how I was left at the end, how much I wanted to keep going. So I hope you're getting on that. <laughs> don't, don't even worry yourself. Issue two of all of our books are coming out very soon. Very, very soon. You know? Yes, Excellent. Uh, Mr. Daniel Calvo, you're going to tell us about Andy Starboy? Uh oh, I'm on the edge of my seat for this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Um, so the way that I created Andy Starboy, I came up with a character around 2018, and I just came with the idea. I just wanted to create a story about an alien sci-fi hero living in Roswell, New Mexico with the whole ufology and the mythos and all of that. But I never really found something that was really, uh, that really caught my attention about it until very, uh, until I got to the States and I decided to 
and I started to live the immigrant experience and I started to live the the experience of not being part of the majority in the United States and being from somewhere else. So I, I finally decided, okay, this character can be an expression of that experience. This character can be a representation of the immigrant experience, of the experience of being a literal alien uh, uh, in a different place. You know, you have a different language, you have different habits. So people look at you like an alien, you know, and in media, you are represented as an alien. So I decided I'm going to write about a Mexican alien, just like that. So uh, <laughs> it was it was basically that and, it, and all of the lore uh, started to develop and I started to put a lot of my own life in it, my own experiences, my own thoughts. Um, so uh, when I when I developed this character, I wanted to represent also real problems from that I would that I grew up with that I saw and problems that I encountered once I got here you know, gun violence uh, racism xenophobia all of that so all of that is in the book mental health all of that is re uh, reflected in the story and that's how I made Andy Starboy excellent those are really compelling stories. We know that Danielle's uh, book has yet to come out. The very first issue is scheduled to have a Kickstarter later in 2020. Uh, so we're very excited to see that. All of the other books, though, the issues are available at concretecomics.com. So uh, hopefully take a look uh, on, at the website. Uh, you'll be able to find all those titles and descriptions of the characters as well. Uh, each of your hero stories occur within the concrete universe. How does this affect, if at all, how do you develop the storyline? And is there a, a plan to connect the stories in the future with like a crossover? <laughs> um, what, 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 can, what I can say is, um, you know, we, like I said, it's a family, you know, it's a family, so we respect each other's characters, you know, I'm not going to just, you know, utilize anybody's character or do anything that's going to affect their, their circle, their, their, their little mini universe, you know, but, um, as far as, <laughs> as far as us doing a crossover, <laughs> Yo, that's we got to save that for the next interview. Right? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> good right. call, good call. Oh, <laughs> uh, well answered, brother. Well answered. You know, I know. Good I'm job, Mister Lassay. I'm on probation. Right. Have no choice. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, but we put it out there in the universe. <laughs> yes, we put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, as you all probably know, Commodity Comics highlights the Latinx and uh, women in uh, in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. And obviously, all of you have um, characters that a lot of you have said that you didn't see, you wanted to, you didn't see what you wanted to see in comics. And so you said, why not create it myself? So what I want to know is how do you define your identity as a Black or Latinx creator, and how does this definition drive your creative process um, behind your stories and your characters? Um, I would say for me, just being myself should be enough to represent who I am and what I represent, you know what I'm saying? Um, and also just, uh, I write stories based on the way that I see the, um, life and the way that the world reflects to me. So I believe anyone that reads my books should should get an idea of where I'm coming from and who I represent without me having to force it down their throat. And I think those are the best stories, the ones that you read and connect to more so than just having to visually connect to. So, yeah. Anyone else have uh, uh uh, I was going to say, I was going to say that, you know, I think um, 
for anything, it's pretty much just like your your gift to the world. Basically, it's going to be like something you you were born with. It's you have a story to tell, no matter where you, you know, you know, like because this world right now, we need everyone's voice to be heard, especially like in times like this, and especially like people of color. Fact. You have a voice to to say. I mean to pretty much give this world your story to tell no matter what it is whether it's you know creating a sci-fi story or whatever and i think just being born that should give you initiative and be like you know what i want to do this you know and this is what i'm going to do and you can either like it or not but i'm still going to create the story and give you this this good content <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, um... Well, Najee and Lonzo hit it right. They said the, they said the right thing. Um, and how I in 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 every story I write or every character I create, you know, I I I really dive into what's really going on in the world. You know, it's because there's there's somebody out there that wish they had a hero that would handle the things they're dealing with. You know, we all love Batman, but he never dealt with, you know, our real life um, enemies, you know, our real life villains, you know. And what made Spider-Man so great was, you know, it wasn't about him being Spider-Man. It was about this kid, this young man that's also Spider-Man, had to deal with real life situations with work and, and you know, relationships and, you know, and all of that. So, you know, that's something that people can relate to. But even then, you know, nobody tackled the real issues of, of this world. Nobody tackled the real villains. And, you know, coming from a background of spoken word, you know, being very expressive and having a voice, it wasn't, it wasn't even about my voice. It was the fact that I could get up on stage and I'm saying what somebody else is feeling or want to say, and, you know, and with, you know, and having kids and nephews and a niece, you know, uh, what really bothers me is, you know, child predators and, you know, all of that. So, you know, through Absolver, I take on those issues. Because I want somebody, to, I want people that have dealt with that and, and hold this in to, to at least find some sense of comfort. Maybe through reading the book, they feel brave enough to, you know, tackle that issue or, you know, handle it one way or the other so you know it, it's really about somebody telling your story a relatable story a real story with real feelings like i would never have a villain pause and say something for 10 seconds to give the hero time to react i, I would never do that <laughs> you know but they don't do that no i know no none of my friends <laughs> <do that. laughs> but you know it's mm-hmm. just you know i really i really try to go after what you know people are really really dealing with real life issues i i internalize everything i hear in the news and i read i internalize it all you know to the point i get teary-eyed i get mad i get upset and i have to write about it, it becomes a story so um it, it, it'll always be the real life villains for me and then i'll mix it in with the fun villains but i'll always go straight to the real life situations that's always my starting point when I'm writing. Always. Uh, I kind of really like that, the real life villains, because we all know that there's that we have tons <laughs> of them out there. <laughs> Especially just right now in the news. I mean, like I it's just so angering what's going on and how people are treating each other. And, you know, just uh, I don't want to mention any major stories, but I'm like really furious to the point of angry crying, you know, and if you right. guys can have that reflect on your work, I mean, it's awesome. I, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's just a, a different representation of what's going on in the world in comic book form. I'm ready for that. And maybe there's somewhere out there, there's a kid, you know, black or Latinx where they see these characters and they're just like, you know, it's like, I can't, I can do this. You know, I can okay. face this world, you know, so. Right. And that's what it's all about. It's that's about, true. Yeah, what we're doing. It's more so about the message we're sending. So. Yeah, definitely. That is true. And I would say that some of the most 
the most humbling things is when we are at comic cons and some young adults to kids, uh, even some grown-ups will they they'll leave our table. They'll tell us that they're leaving our table inspired to create their own story because of what they see us doing. Because usually when we're at our table, yeah. we're very open with people and talk to them openly, tell them how we started, that they can do it too. And um, some of the messages we get on Instagram are just humbling, you know, very humbling. Right. Yeah, I'm going to take you back off of this. Um, biasly and unbiasedly, um, why I love Odina so much is, you know, she's respectful. You know, she doesn't have to sell sex to be powerful. You know, I think she's like the baddest female in the whole entire indie community. You know, um, oh God, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really respect that because, you know, having, having, a, having, you know, moms, daughters, wives, nieces, you know, this is what you want them to see. You don't, you don't, you don't get enough of proper representation, especially in the female genre. There's always some type of skin being shown in outfits that don't even make sense for fighting. That's, that's, an, that's, <laughs> that's something a lot of would say all the time. So, you know, when I first saw Adina, I'm like, yo, she's bad. And on top of that, she's bad, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that's, and, that's, and that dynamic she had with the, with the other female who's obviously in love with the, with the main guy, um, and how she makes a little comment like, you know, keep your skirt on or keep your skirt down. <laughs> I was like, girl, I, I see what I see what you're doing. <laughs> wow. wow. But, yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt that I was like, oh, yeah, I know where that's going. Um, but what, uh, one of the other things that you mentioned is about uh, how the outfits that you can't conceive how you're fighting crime in these outfits. That's one of Gombadresi Comics' main pet peeves is like when we see these comic books where they're having like a little like breast sticker or something going on. It's like, what's going on here? How am I supposed to fight crime? Yeah, <laughs> I always wonder yeah, about outfits true. like that too. Like, how are they not getting shot at or killed or something? Yeah. Like, they only got like g strings on. I'm just like, that is not humanly possible. <laughs> well, let's uh, let uh, Daniel uh, tell us about his um, his story and how this uh, is something that reflects upon uh, by by his culture. I think that was the question. I think that by writing, writing is one of the most personal works of art that you can possibly do because you reflect every single thought, every single idea in a sheet of paper. And I think it's impossible to write something without putting some of your own identity into it. In my case, as someone who, who is Cuban, you know, I can't help but putting... Uh, my own experiences and my own worldviews into what I write up to a point. Um, I can't help but writing uh, a character speaking Spanish because, you know, I got the power. I get to do that. And as uh, when you are a writer, you are basically playing God with a story. And I see if I got the chance to show representation, the representation that I never had as a kid because you will never see Latinx superheroes, so you would never see uh, Cuban or Mexican or anything. If you ever see a Latinx on, on comics or in animation or in films when I was growing up, uh, it, would, it would either be a drug lord or a mariachi. You know what I mean? So that I really didn't want to, to do that. So I said to myself, once I start doing comics, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to show it how it is. I'm going to show proper representation of my culture and of other people's culture that I've been in contact with because we as creators have so much power over public perception and over what some people reading the book or watching a film or, or, or listening to a son can see another group as you know every time you represent a certain group as being bad the person watching that 
who might not have as much experience with that group might see them as bad as well. So you have so much power. And I think we need to use that in a positive way. I think we are, it is our duty as creators of color to show the world uh, love and show the world our culture and show that we're actually pretty freaking cool. And, you know, we're, we're actually pretty amazing and we have beautiful culture. And we should not deny the world the, the gift of our culture and the gift of our our language and our lives and our stories. That's really an awesome closing to that story. That that was amazing. I like that whole how you um, describe being a writer as basically playing God on the uh, written on the written page. So that's amazing. As a black or Latinx creator in the comic book industry, what what responsibilities do you feel? that comes with that representation. Oh, okay, well, I'll take it. Okay, cool. Um, balance, you know, balance. You know, um, I ask everybody to, when you, when you can, obviously, um, go to Walmart in your, in your movie section, go to your comic book store as soon as it opens up, close your eyes and randomly put your hand on a book and then open it and see how often you're represented on those DVD covers or comic book covers, you know? Um, True. So I would, it's, I would never tell anybody how to write and who to write for, but at some point there's an, you have some kind of obligation to create balance, not just for the present, but for the fans of tomorrow, you know? And because you know, I, I did a little research, you know, on hero superhero movies. It was quick research. You know, y'all can double check. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, <laughs> from all the superhero comic movies that came out, you know, from white leads to white female leads to black female leads to black leads, you know, we already know what number was, you know, taking the lead. <laughs> But the first black female lead movie was Catwoman's movie with Halle Berry. Garbage. And, and, and it was trash. <laughs> you know? It was but, but these are things that we have to figure out. You know, so if if the if if we're like ten to one, it's our obligation. <laughs> I feel like it's we're obligated to make it ten for ten. You know, because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for some of those iconic heroes and stories anyway. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, so as far as representation goes, I feel as if, you know, we're all obligated to create balance with who we are. You want somebody to close their eyes in the comic book store and when they open it, they, they automatically see somebody visually that they can relate to. You know, no, this looks like me. Okay, let me try this out. So that's that's what I feel our responsibilities are as writers. And I'm going to back off of Jamel because when he said go to the comic book store, that actually made me think of an incident, an incident where it kind of led to me to really fully create Odina was, you know, like you said, you know, the, the, the greats who've come before you, you know, no disrespect, you know, um, but with all disrespect, um, you know, we love Marvel, we love DC, we love all the characters that they produce. However, when you open a book, and one of the things I noticed when I opened that book was there was a promotion with, you know, all the women, on, you know, like Marvel women, all the Marvel women on the page. And mm-hmm. if you look at the page, it was She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Black Widow, the Wasp, and I don't know, some other random superhero. We'll just throw um, Spider-Woman. Boom. And so the only woman of color on that page was She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and the only time they ever show uh, another person of color is if they throw Storm up there. I was like, well, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, and then I, okay, and no judgment on this part, but sometimes I take a look at the view. And, you know, even Whoopi Goldberg made a comment. She was like, you know, I don't see myself in these Avengers movies. And she's a fan of So I was like, yeah, let's make it happen. That's my my obligation. Well, I don't know if many of you know this, but I actually am co-owner of Heidi Ho Comics in Santa Monica. And exactly what you are all describing is the impetus behind why um, 
we created Comadesi Comics because people were coming in and asking me for books with people of color. And there I was Googling and trying to find them. And there was a handful, <laughs> but there weren't that many. And so I specifically as an owner and as a woman, try to make sure that those books are represented in my store so that when people come in, they can immediately find a space where they can feel I belong. And so thank you all for writing the books that you are writing. I'd love to have all of your books in my store because you are what helps me make my job 100% easier. We have no problem donating whatever you need. <laughs> whatever you need, we got it. <laughs> So I take it there should be like a visit to LA for Concrete Comics' future. Oh my God! Yes. Do it. Do it. I've been to LA. I like LA. I like the vibe of LA. We have some business out there we got to handle. Oh nice. man! <laughs> <laughs> Let's make TV movies. Maybe maybe an in-store signing. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we would love to do that. Um, at the oh, end yeah. of uh, February, we just had our first book signing. It was very successful, very fun, very humbling. A lot of people came out showed us love, and that was right before COVID nineteen hit. So we were actually pretty oh, lucky. Was that at Amalgam? Yes. Yeah. 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 I watched the video. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I watched the video, and I heard you guys were standing room only. Oh, that's that's no. dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a very it was a very humbling experience to see see the people come out and want to get our autographs. You know what I'm saying? It's right. it's just a really a really humbling feeling, you know? And yeah. just the amount of love and seeing our book in a comic book store that we idolize is even even more crazy. It, it kind of blew my mind because I've been trying to do business with Amalgam um, for, for a while now. So to finally get up in there was like crazy, man. Really crazy. That's awesome. Well, this is kind of off of the, um, off the path of where we were going, but I think that this is actually kind of an interesting um, question to put out to all of you. How can comic book owners um, reach out to you to get their stuff, uh, your stuff into their shops? Because I would love to be able to advocate for that. And if I, ha you know, I have friends who, other friends who own shops, um, how can I best get them to um, get your books into their stores? We don't get Lonzo direct line. Oh yeah, listen, call call me call me directly, call Anaji directly, Dave directly, Jamil directly. One of us will handle this. All right. Yeah. Um they can they can go to the website, um, speak to us directly there. They can email us. Um, we're very accessible through all social medias, our website, and we we don't mind taking phone calls <laughs> at all. No. All right. <laughs> Not at all. We had okay. a, uh, we had in studio we had a uh, a Compton uh, writer and artist. Uh, he writes a comic book as well. His name is Marcus Newsom, and he told us that he contacted the local Compton Library, and they have a actual a setup for him and his comic book because it's in a superhero from Compton. Yeah. So um, that's always something to look into. Maybe in Philadelphia, there's maybe like a local library that you guys can ask them if they could highlight your, your comic books. Hmm. That's a good idea. And I think the cool thing about us is that we're all from different places. So oh. we may be able to do that in multiple uh, cities. You yeah, know, definitely. Multiple cities. Yeah, I like that idea. So yeah. I hope you guys know that it's going to be amazing. I love the idea of getting that. comics into um, places like libraries and community resources like that because for me, representation is super uh, important, but so is access. There are so many yes. issues with access to with kids and teens and adults of color uh, and in marginalized groups. So getting them into places like libraries, I think, is amazing. And I hope that you are able to do that. Yeah, that'd be a good access too. 
for sure. So uh, here on Commodity Comics, we have a segment called Chisme de la Semana. And for those of you who need translation, that means gossip of the week. And so we always like to ask our, um, our guests to have them tell us what their chisme is. And for you guys, what we want to know is, are there any stories or comics or projects that you are working on currently? I know that you were hush-hush earlier about maybe some stuff going on, but is there anything that you can share with us and our listeners that we can get excited about? Um, I think our connection is going bad, guys. Hello? <laughs> can I hear you? Hello? Can I hear you? It's right, been fuzzy. All the beans. Check this out. <laughs> hey, listen. Feel, hey, feel free, feel free to talk, fellas. <laughs> well, I mean... Feel free to give well, them the exclusive news, you know what I mean? I mean, we're working on stuff. You know, we got, you know, issues. Um... We got things in the works. <laughs> we got pinups. Uh, you know, cro- you know. I don't know about crossovers. You know, you know. We just have to oh, see. It. We have to wait and see about that stuff. You know, I don't want to, you know, put it out there. But you know, we have to see. He did a very good job of being vague as hell, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> a very good job. And, and, he, and he's the one that's going to be dropping seventy-five percent of the new content. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Adaji's a working horse, man. I'm telling you. Boy, <laughs> now, so we, one, have a, we have a lot of stuff thing, in the works. The one thing we could definitely say is all the issue twos are in progress and will be released very soon. So that's definitely, that's a definite. There's no, there's no secret about that. Um, the secret is the other things that we're going to be hitting you guys with very soon. You know what I mean, that's that's the secret. You know, more okay. more stories should I say? Now you just keep telling and telling the secret. I ain't telling anything. We didn't say. You said what stories. other stories? You just said other stories. All we always said was other stories, in. bro. Yeah, but the, it, it could have been. They could have been thinking. Was it posters, toys, gift cards? <laughs> no, and say none of that. No, no, no. They will be getting other stories. That's all they need to know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh danielle you want to talk a little bit about your um process right you have something coming out later is is there a kickstarter that's going to be starting or something be careful daniel <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i can talk now because you know very <laughs> dude <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to get in trouble. You think I'm sober, scary. You don't know the kid. <laughs> uh, so, um, I mean, guys, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. Uh, so, yeah, I'm working on Andy Starboy. The issue one is uh, the Kickstarter will be dropping later this year. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be the newest fresh addition to Concrete Comics. It's going to be one of the hottest comics in 2020. Uh (laughs) And definitely look up, uh, look forward to it because it's going to be amazing. The story, the art, the writing, uh, something that we at Concrete Comics always do is we are pure quality. And I think that is something that we are always showing with our books and with our stories and with our every move. So you can expect that of Andy Starboy and you can expect that of every single book that we're dropping this year and every single year after that. Spoken like the true editor-in-chief out here. Okay, I see you, brother. (laughs) I have to say that I did read the excerpt that you sent us and you have me hooked already because I'm a huge reality tv nut and that aspect of that story has me and the dialogue was freaking so hilarious and funny and i just loved the whole feel of it so i can't wait and be sure definitely to keep us updated on that kickstarter definitely will yeah uh this is this is one of my favorite podcasts I mean, what other interview will I be having death of stalingrad at you know that's <laughs> Only, only the coolest of 
the cool do this and <laughs> thank you so much i i really love to explore the aspect of comedy and action and i wanted to represent the effect of what would a superhero be like in real life he would be a media superstar basically yeah. he, would have his own <laughs> show. he would be verified on instagram you know that that kind of stuff so uh yeah that's what i wanted to represent and comedy and and the latino identity and everything so yeah definitely i'm very happy that you liked it I'm, i can't wait to show you more honestly nice okay so another segment that we have on uh comadesi comics is called juntos y fuertes and what that means is together and strong and so basically That segment highlights noteworthy endeavors by members of marginalized groups that we think deserve support. So we would like to ask you if you have any projects or organizations or groups that you would like to share with our listeners that you think could definitely use some um, eyes on what they're doing or even some kind of contributions, anything that you have going on that you think would um, be great to share during this segment. Um, I would, I would shout out, um, a fellow creator, uh, Moana. She's been making, uh, masks for COVID-19 and, um, she has been, um, nice. volunteering them and, and people, people call in, they make orders and then she sends them to where they request them to be sent. Um, she, her company is called, uh, Burning Spear, I believe. I definitely yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she's she's out here acting like a real life superhero, man. I'm I'm definitely um very impressed and supportive. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Anybody yeah. else have anybody or anything you'd like to share? Well, I'd like to give a shout out to a creator friend of mine, Javier Hernandez, creator of El Muerto, the Aztec Zombie, who I yes. think is an absolute <laughs> freaking icon yes he is <laughs> and he does not get enough love he deserves more love he, that guy yo we have a latina a latino superhero in film mm-hmm. and we barely know about it like how how did that happen like that uh, and it's a pretty good film too um so when the whole boom of superhero movies was starting this what's going on so definitely i say go support him go support his work um i would also say if you can stop by the covid 19 solidarity response fund uh and donate help uh, spread love and i think i think the best thing you can do right now to everybody who's listening is just staying positive uh wash your damn hands don't be nasty um <laughs> You know, stay safe, be be kind to each other, be loving to each other, be loving to your families. I think that's the best support you can show, not just to to the whole situation, but, you know, to yourself and to those you love. So, yeah, definitely. Javier Hernandez, uh, Javier Hernandez, COVID-19, Purell. Those are my three big <laughs> support those companies, support those people. Anyone else, guys? I would say I'll just give a shout out to all the people on the front lines, like the nurses and doctors and stuff. That's, you know, just big ups to them for putting their lives on the line, especially like doing this right now, this pandemic. So just all the people, the essential workers, be safe. Yeah. That's true. All right, guys. We're, we also have another segment called On My Radar. Uh, what is your comic, show, movie, etc. that you're enjoying right now uh, that people should get behind? What do you What are you guys enjoying while you guys are quarantined at home with that Netflix? <laughs> That's a lot for me. I'll let y'all go. <laughs> <laughs> well, right uh, now in comics, um, I'm rereading the whole Spawn run. I love the. Ooh. I love the Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on in Boom Studios. Got Thor, and when Thor gets his new power from Galactus, is a nice run. And as far as TV shows go, I'm, 
I'm rewatching The Matrix, a ton of anime, and um, I'm reading my own book, Absolver People. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Pretty <laughs> <Really> smooth. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Star. Oh, me? Um, I would say uh, TV shows. I just recently watched the um, the Lost in Space series on Netflix. Oh, that's pretty dope. Pretty dope. I would, I would say anybody that's into a uh, complete catastrophe space, <laughs> watch that one because every much, episode, every something episode, happens. They were dying. Every episode, yeah. somebody, somebody was about to, you know, get eaten by a three-headed lizard or die in ice. Or well, spot, every episode, somebody was dying. Some kids was on other planets. Um. I really enjoyed that. Uh, in the comic world, I've been reading a lot of indie comics lately. I mean, I, I haven't really dipped into the mainstream, but I've just been supporting the community a lot and just, uh, you know, trying to trying to put that good energy out there that us indies are just as valuable as the mains. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. I just read um, I just read uh, Lumberjacks from Mor Morgan Iverson. Yeah, Morgan Iverson. And that was that was a really dope read. He's from uh the Fourth Wall Productions, I believe. And it was a real good book. That was the latest one that I read. Well, in the TV world, um I just finished Black Lightning season three. Uh uh. Um, I just and I started and I binge watched Ooh. the Titans series again. Um and I think what else did I watch? I watched DC um, Justice League Apocalypse War. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail about that. I was like, I was like, I love it, but I'm a little scarred by it. Um, but um, nope. comic book wise, huh? yeah, <laughs> it was something. <laughs> so comic book wise, though, um, I read. You know what? I just started reading the Furies by DC Comics, mm. and I was like, oh, that's not bad. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, it's not a bad comic. I mean, um. It's interesting, but definitely something to read. And I also bought an indie comic from Moana, who we talked about earlier. And she pretty much um, has her own comic, so it's called The Wild Card. So, it is. Yeah. And also, you know, Dead Odina. Oh, just wanna, you know, <laughs> Shameless plug, you know, just in case. You got it? Okay. <laughs> I forgot to do my plug, huh? <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. Oh, yeah, 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 there it is. My, 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 plug, my plug right here. It's up here. It stays here. What? What? What's that? Oh, <laughs> there it is. All we need is Andy Starborn now. Andy Starborn. All right. You got a poster, though. Okay. I'm not going all the way over there and picking up the big, <laughs> that big ass poster. Now. Where's your support? Yeah, I, 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 I got the chair. <laughs> All right. Well, I need the book, Daniel. Give me the book. Hell yeah, the book is coming, man. <laughs> okay. Check me out. I got the variants. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, nice. What we're doing here? Okay. We are. Listen, the first, the first official signature. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. First official signature. So oh, I'm okay. first oh. official signature. <laughs> I only got it so I can sell it. Okay. <laughs> this Daniel. What about you, Daniel? Let's see. Uh, I started watching Stranger Things. If anybody spoils it for me, I will. <laughs> you know, you not it. should you should not have told us that. It's really good. I'm blocking you. I'm blocking you after this. <laughs> I finished watching it. <laughs> and it's awesome. Uh, it's an awesome throwback to 80s films. I love it. Um, no, One Day at a Time with the legend Rita Moreno. Oh, my God. That show is good. Like, I love yeah. that show. It makes me happy. Uh, in comics, I've been reading a lot of indie comics. I... Basically, everything I read, I review. Uh, yeah, shout out to the creators of Trujillo, 
which uh, a Peruvian sci-fi graphic novel that I reviewed. Uh, Black Jackets by Mike Denner. Uh, you know, so many great comic books out there. I'm reading uh, Silver Surfer Black by Donny Donny Cates and Tread Moore, which is my absolute favorite artist of all time. And yeah, reading a whole lot of webtoons. I read a whole lot of webtoons. Uh, nice. Yeah, of course, Concrete Comics, you know. Uh-oh. The best. Uh, <laughs> and the Starboy pages coming in. Beautiful. Just perfection. And yeah, just enjoying my time. Enjoy, enjoying quarantine uh, as much as I can, you know. Oh, oh. Definitely. Oh, man. Going up the poster, original signature. If I see that on eBay, I'm going to your house. (laughs) It's all going on eBay. I'm not seeing that on eBay. It's all going on eBay. Daniel's going to be a big deal. Lando's going to be a big deal. Najee's going to be a big deal. And I got the first signatures, posters, comics. I'm selling them. I'm selling them. But but do you have the first edition prints? Mm. Mm. Yeah, but all that comes with is your fingerprints. I got the signature and the note you left me. Yeah. Okay, I got some. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you have this, though? The first edition. Oh, that's 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 a low blow. That's that's a low blow, Lonzo. (laughs) It's not even winter time no more. (laughs) Only one who's got a hoodie. The only one. That's that CEO thing. (sighs) But I got him in the um the closet, man. I got him. Nice. (laughs) Oh man. Well, we have totally enjoyed hearing about Concrete and about all your individual books. I read all of the number ones. Um, I Acolyte, it was the second time I read it. Um, It was almost better the second time. Um, But I loved everything. And like I said, I can't wait to read more. But what I want you you to leave our listeners with is how they can find you, any of your projects, your social media, your website, if we can just go through and you can do your um, your personal plug now of where we can go to uh, read more about you and to access uh, buying your comic. Go, Mr. CEO. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start it off. Well, for anything concrete, you can find us at concretecomics.com. We are on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook, everything at Concrete Comics with a K. Um, for Lonzo, for Acolyte, you can reach him at The Legend of Acolyte on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Twitter. And um, Concrete Comics has a YouTube channel coming out. We uh, will be doing a little game streaming, and we got plans for a lot of little sneaky uh, film productions. So. That's all I'm gonna leave it with. They didn't ask for none of that. You just keep giving. It don't, it don't matter what they ask for. But I threw it in there. I threw the. Okay. You know what? <laughs> oh man. Well, well you can find well, me. Person, since, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, no, no. You go ahead. Sir. No, no. Go ahead, Mister. You go ahead. I'll be polite. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, you can find me uh, at uh, Obsolete Studios LLC. Uh, that'll you know pretty much and i'm through concrete uh you know on concrete's website as well as well as you can follow the book at odina be the baddest on Instagram. <laughs> okay that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> mr lassay absolver on um facebook and instagram at absolver rate the vengeance I don't have a Twitter chest yet. Um, it's going to happen soon. And um, yeah, that's what you find me. <laughs> He's also on Facebook too, at Absolver. I said that. I was at Facebook and IG, Absolver with the Vengeance. He did. And, and, right. and Concrete Comics. Yeah. All right, now. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you can follow Andy Starboy at Andy Starboy Comics on Instagram and Facebook, and you can follow me at Daniel DeCalvo Author on Facebook and on Instagram. Excellent. Sounds great, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming. It was really amazing. I know I met Lonzo and Daniel um, at Nertino. And if it's not canceled, will you be guys be going to Nertino this 2020? We will definitely be there. Yeah, Excellent. definitely. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. And thank you guys for hydrating with us uh, in yes, this quarantine, us. <laughs> this quarantine edition. Uh, thank you so much. We learned a lot. And, you know, I have a lot of feelings about this episode. It's, it was really great to hear from you guys and your inspiration behind your comic books and behind Concrete Comics. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And we will definitely accept that invitation to California. <laughs> All right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anything you'd like to add, Kristen? Uh, just the door is always open as soon as we can open it. <laughs> and I'd love to have a concrete comic signing at the shop. That would be awesome. Listen, we would love that. I'm telling, please oh, set yeah. it up. Set it up. <laughs> Excellent. Please. All right, guys. Well, that has been another quarantine edition of Comadres y Comics. Thank you all for being here today. Uh, we bid you farewell. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. Keep it concrete. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Keep it concrete. Keep it concrete. This episode, we are calling on you to support the NAACP. The NAACP is the nation's foremost, largest, and most widely recognized civil rights organization. Right now, they're focused on highlighting the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on the Black community and amplifying the consistent mistreatment of our communities. They've been doing so since long before there was a pandemic. In addition, the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund takes a frontline's role in facing down over-policing, police brutality, racial bias, and the systemic inequalities that disproportionately affect African Americans. Donate toward the NAACP to support efforts to advocate for smarter, results-based criminal justice policies to keep our communities safe, including treatment for addiction and mental health problems, judicial discretion in sentencing, and an end to racial disparities at all levels of the system. Go visit NAACP.org to donate and visit NAACPLDF.org to support the Legal Defense Fund.